Hello? Hey, Katiekins. It's Rosalie. Want to have a slumber party? Amanda! Amanda! Oh, sorry. What time do you want me to pick you up Saturday? What, uh, you have to check with your friends to see when you can go out? No, I just, uh... It's a simple question. When? Well, pick me up anytime you want to. 7.30? That's a problem, then, then call me. Hey, Slumberkins. I'm Rosalie Kicks. And I'm Katie McBrown. And we are best friends forever. Each episode, Katie Kins and I roll out our sleeping bags, pick out a flick featuring one of our favorite heartthrobs, and we gab about it. Welcome to the Slumber Party. Now, for those joining us for the first time, we hope you brought your snacks, and here's how the show works. Katie Kins and I visit an imaginary video store, we pick out a movie that features the heartthrob of the month, and then we get out our sleeping bags and we chat about it to determine whether the movie should be worthy to be placed on our coveted slumber party watch shelf. I thought it would be fun before we start gabbing about today's flick. Why don't we wrap up our conversation about Fear Street? I guess we left off. We only got to talk about the first one. So we can probably glaze over the next two because those were pretty painful to get through, especially sober. Yeah. I mean, well, I wasn't sober. Which I'm jealous about. <laughs> I was. I definitely decided for the second one that I would pour some bubbly. Like I was <laughs> like, I am not sitting through this without a drink. Which was the best decision made. I, I honestly, I feel I don't have much to say about them other than that they were not my cup of tea. I wasn't expecting them to play out the way that they did. Because again, I really thought they were going to be like more of these like thriller type movies similar to how the books are written. But I will say I'm very happy for people that enjoyed them. I feel that there have been some people out there that I've seen online, they really got into them. And it did kind of make me think about younger people, maybe this is their entryway to horror. So good for them. That's true. I mean, there has to be some starting point somewhere. And with Netflix having so many options to choose from, and this being a trilogy, it might have been where people like, were like, yes, we're getting into this. But can I just talk about how the third one started? Because... It makes me laugh all the time. So basically the third one started with a boner, a vicious boner that you saw from multiple angles. It was just, it was on the screen longer than I expected. I just, I, I guess for 1666, I wasn't expecting it. Well, and I think they went back to it multiple times. That could have been it. Cause I felt like I closed my eyes and looked away multiple times and it was still like on the screen. So you really were a teen. You were like watching through like your fingers covered over your eyes. Basically. I believe Brian was in the room too. And he also believed that the boner looked not real. (laughs) Well, the thing that made me laugh a lot about the third one was my whole thing was there's no way that they're going to be able to like stick in this time frame without dropping some music because that was prevalent in the first two. Like there were so many needle drops. And it just makes me laugh because they spend about an hour 
1666 and within like the first minute that they're back to 1994 offspring plays <laughs> it was it was the offspring i couldn't remember what band it was and I, all i imagine is whoever was like editing was just like rocking back and forth waiting to like drop a music couldn't wait to be like finally the offspring like yeah. it's 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 time i will admit i wasn't expecting a boner in 1666 i wasn't right but hey i don't want to waste a lot of time talking about these because we weren't really into them but did you have a favorite of the three or one that you enjoyed more than the others so i would have to say it was the second one the one at camp and i think it was mostly because i could actually tolerate the acting much more in this one like the kid actors were just far superior than the first one and i think i liked the storyline better i liked the setting it right. kind of it delved into it a little bit more and i feel like there was more gore which i'm a huge fan of yeah, I would agree for me too. It was the second one. And I also think there was some just nostalgia going on in regards to the camp because the way the camp was depicted is how I imagined camp would be like these little cabins. Unfortunately, my camping experience as a child was nothing like that. Did you go to a sleepaway camp? I did. And it was like for 10 days. That's long. Remember. Yeah. I don't remember how old I was, but I remember it was a horrible experience. <laughs> I went to camp as well, and I didn't stay in a cabin either. They were like platforms with like big tents over top of them. Correct. And, and like thin cots. Thin cots. I remember daddy long legs like right above my head because I was that close. I was on the top bunk, sadly. Oh, and, okay. And then... I would have to like fall asleep at night underneath the sleeping bag because I was afraid I was just going to be eaten by spiders. Yeah, I feel like I must have gone when I was probably in about fourth or fifth grade. And I went with one of my cousins. Mm -hmm. And one of the girls in our tent got the flu. Oh, my so gosh. She got like quarantined in the infirmary. And then there were like always these tales of her like eating ice cream. <laughs> And many of us were very jealous. Like she was having the best time. Yes. And we were in, my aunt like signed us up for this like creative cooking class. So all the food we prepared was like, oh, we were supposed to make it on our own over fire. Oh my gosh. Except it kept raining. Oh my gosh. And the counselors, you know, they were probably like 18, 19 they had like no backup plan. So we just kind of kept eating wieners. Oh my God. <laughs> and like that I was it. Yeah. And I wasn't a huge fan of hot dogs. Like I never really cared for them. Yeah. So that was horrid. And then I really hated going to the bathroom because I always thought like Jason was out there. Well, yeah. It was always so like you're in your cat, like not cabin because it wasn't. You're in your tent. And then you have to like go down this path to yes. the bathroom. I do remember having to go to the bathroom once in the middle of the night to pee. I never like I was just always having like drinking all the juice, and, like whatever. So I went with a friend 
later because you had to go in pairs and we walked into the bathroom and it was just there were like three mice chasing after each other oh my god and i and i was like i don't even want to go in there like <laughs> like i just want to stay i want to i don't even know what to do you're wearing like little sandals watching the second one i was like oh this is how i want camp to be yeah you know what the serial killer sure yeah bring him out yeah Makes things interesting. Right. No. So my biggest qualm, though, with the second one is I really don't understand why these teens were listening to this lady just, like, yammer on for, like, two hours. Oh, yeah. I don't even think she offered them, like, a snack or anything. She was just like, listen to my tale. There wasn't even a pizza. Not. I don't even – I think they were sitting on the floor. Yeah. It just – it was nonsensical. But I did like the Baghead Jason reference. I'm going to admit it. I liked it. I think that was the best part because it's just so classic. Yeah. And I just purchased that little Baghead. Oh, I'm so excited for you. How? That was so quick, too. It was sold out. And then I was like, sign up to get the email notifications. And then it was like two days later. Surprise. Back in stock. It was probably pretend. It was probably just making it look like much more hyped up than necessary action figure like racket (laughs) so i think though with the fear street trilogy something i did want to mention here before we close out the conversation is something that did make me think about it a bit more is i use letterboxd which is an app where you can like log movies that you watch and then write little reviews about them. And some people get pretty in depth with their reviews. Some people just log the movie and they don't really say anything. Some of my uh, friends who happen to be queer wrote some reviews about the trilogy and just their reactions and how it made them feel seeing people like themselves represented. And it did give me pause and made me think about you know, especially in the third installment, like essentially they made Sarah Fear out to be this witch simply because she was in love with another woman. So like there are messages in there. I just think there were so many things going on. It got convoluted for me. And that's what I didn't like. Yeah, I mean, I definitely appreciated the fact that the two leads weren't the traditional man and women in love. I loved that it was two girls who obviously already had odds against them in general being, I can't remember the girl, Sarah's love interest, uh, Sam. They were basically, you know, don't hang out with that girl. And for that, it was like they already had a lot to, to go up against. And then there was this whole witch hunt thing and this demon. Yeah. It was just a lot of stuff going on. And then on top of that, and I totally agree, there was a messaging, you know, cops are bad, but it was kind of just tacked on. Like an afterthought. Yeah. So there was just a lot of that. Like, I think the writing could have been better, which I think is my hang up with it. But at the same point, I'm happy for the representation. Yes. And in some ways or a lot of ways... Many writers are still trying to figure out how to do that, to be inclusive. Yeah. And I think especially because it was generated towards a teen audience, I am thankful that they did have that element in there. But again, like that lazy writing horror was like put together so 
silly that like I just I couldn't it didn't really it didn't really bring it like didn't bring up anything about the books for me either like no. the way you said before like those books were kind of like here's a tale in and out well these were like so drawn on that I didn't feel any of that fear street nostalgia that I want I remember when I read the books yeah and lastly I mean they really wasted that Billy character Ugh. I want a whole movie with Billy me too they only he only like popped up here and there I think every your husband Ben said he was like a fart he came and went <laughs> but like whenever you saw him you got real excited yeah because you're like yeah something great is gonna happen and then like he disappears yeah terrible but then we I, and that was the thing though we did learn about these other killers that were running rampant yes but Billy didn't get his time to shine. Barely a thing. And they replayed like the one scene with him multiple times. Like we didn't get anything new. It was right. just him beating that person over the head, which was awesome. Don't get me wrong. But like I needed, I needed more of him. I would have like an origin story on him would be fine. I would watch that. Oh yeah, me too. Definitely. All right. Well, I think it's time for Girl Talk. Talk, talk, talk. Girl Talk, talking back. Girl Talk Dateline. The game about the two things girls like best. Talking on the phone and... I'd love to go. Boys! This is the segment of the show when we talk about the movie featuring this month's heartthrob, which is you say Leah <laughs> and I say Leah. And I don't know which is correct. I mean, I think the only person that could tell us which is correct is... Leah Leia Thompson herself. Yeah. I I think you should keep calling her Leia Thompson. That's what you started with, and that's what you'll end with. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I heard it, but I mean, ben maybe you're thinking like Princess Leia. <laughs> maybe Ben says I make up my own way of speaking, and oh well, it's true. I mean, just say curtains. Curtains. No, that was not. <laughs> I went in your other podcast when you talked about curtains. You were like, curtains. Like, I'm so precise. Huh. I don't know. So for those that have been slumbering with us, this marks the second flick that we watched this month featuring July's heartthrob. And in our previous episode, we talked about her role as Beverly in Howard the Duck. And today we're going to gab about the 1987 movie, Some Kind of Wonderful in which Leia Thompson plays Amanda Jones. And remember, for the film to end up on the Slumber Party watch shelf, it needs to earn at least five gold stars. And so as we're chatting, if you hear a little twinkle sound, that signifies that it earned a star. And Katie, share with us some of the criteria for earning a star. I would love to. A movie can earn a star if it features such things as a mall, Babe Alert, Radical Fashions, Bodacious Soundtrack, A Bad Boy, Nudies, A Rebel Girl, Pizza Delivery, First Kiss, Wild Hair, Crazy Cuisines, and a newly added category dreamt up by Rosalie herself, Dream Digs. And again, we're always adding to the list, so please, please, please get out your thinking caps and send us a note on Twitter at DearBFFPod. Get an idea and we will take it into consideration. Yes, we will. And I want to know, so I can't remember, did you see some kind of wonderful before we watched it? No, I, I never had. And okay. I was actually really excited to watch it because I was like, oh, I've always heard about this movie, but never, yeah. never watched it. Yeah, I definitely feel like I had seen 
the box before. I also had never watched it. Yeah, my partner in crime, Ben Leonard, he he knew when we were running actually the flick pick contest. He's like, oh, that's going to win. Ben always calls it because he's a smart little parrot. He is. <laughs> he is. Yeah, he always seems to know what the people are thinking. I think he just knows the popular vote. Yeah. Always. So did you look at the box? Yeah. I mean, the first thing I think I did, obviously, when I was putting the contest together was uh, read all the little synopsis. I don't even yeah. know. Yeah. Of everything. And I remember seeing that one and being like, ooh, I'm super intrigued by that one because it's like very cool looking. It's just three three people looking smoldering at like the camera. And I was like, okay, I want to watch this. This is a, This is about three beautiful people. I mean, there's definitely three hotties on the cover. Eric Stoltz is in the back. And then you have Leah Thompson in her shoulder pads, which we'll discuss. And then Mary Stuart Masterson is in the front. And honestly, like there's a lot about the cover that re resembled like a music album cover to me, because as you said, like they're all staring very intently. And when I look at it, like I feel like they're looking at me or like through me, like almost like one of those haunted mansion, like portraits where like the eyes are following me. I love the idea of eyes following you around. Like, it's so creepy. And it just, it always reminds me of, like, a cartoon thing and for like from, like, a haunted house. I just love that idea so much. But, yeah, I agree about the album cover thing because I feel like there was, like, three really good-looking people. But, like, who would you think is the lead singer? Oh, probably Eric. With yeah. his glossy red locks. Yeah. And, like, he just comes off as, like... Oh, well, I guess, yeah, I could be the lead singer. Like a little broody. Mm -hmm. I'll but do then, it. Like, but then would get real into it. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. For those that haven't seen this movie, I did track down the box and will share the summary with you. Think everyone over 17 has forgotten what it's like to be 16? Filmmaker John Hughes hasn't. Now Hughes delivers another funny, savvy, crowd-pleasing look at adolescence in this story about a high school misfit, Eric Stoltz, who falls head over heels for the senior class siren, Leia Thompson, that he's blind to the charms of his beautiful and devoted best pal, Mary Stuart Masterson. Eric, Leia Thompson, and Mary Stuart Masterson star in this delightful movie that's some fun, some heartache, and some kind of wonderful. I love that they describe Leia Thompson as a senior class siren. <laughs> I've never heard that phrase before, and I'll probably forget it after we finish this episode. Senior class siren. I've never like, heard of that. Like, what? I don't know what that means. I guess because she sets off alarms. I guess. Oh, my God. I think I'd like to start with discussing... And this is no shade to Leia Thompson at all, as she is our heartthrob of the month, and she is a total babe. But it was this movie that the director, Howard Deutsch, and Leia fell in love. They actually ended up getting married. They still are married to this day. And I think that's interesting because I did read that apparently Molly Ringwald was actually the first pick for the role, but she refused it. And Leia did actually at first as well but then decided to take it because howard the duck ended up flopping so she was like okay i'm gonna take this role 
first of all, those facts are very intriguing. I had no idea that Howard the Duck failed at the box office. Oh, yeah. And obviously, like, John Hughes, you know, Molly Ringwald was in all of his movies. But another thing that Brian read was that Leah Thompson was engaged to Dennis Quaid during the filming of this. And then uh, met Howie. Howie. I think she calls him Howie, actually. Oh, really? I believe so. Okay. Just some facts there. But I guess what I was going to say was that I honestly think in this movie, though, the true babe is Mary Stuart Masterson. Definitely. And she was also a total rebel girl. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, basically, you have Eric Stoltz. He plays Keith Nelson. He's a total dork and is in love with Leah Thompson, as many are. And she plays Amanda Jones. But the thing that was really annoying about him swooning over this girl is that, like, he really was only in love with her for superficial reasons. Like, he had no idea who she really was as a person. Yeah, that was one thing that I really couldn't get past was a lot of the beginning was him just like lurking around corners, staring at her and for nothing else but just like honing in on her eyes and her smile and her hair and her outfits and everything was, like you said, very superficial. So for me, they made her character just so one dimensional and that made me kind of sad because I feel like she probably had a ton more to offer or could offer. Yeah, I agree. And he just kept drawing her. All the sketches. Yeah. Was he drawing a nudie? I don't think there was a nudie. When in the, he was in the library, what was he? It was <laughs> her was... face. Kate. Okay. I don't know. I like looked away for a second. I swear you texted nudies. No. No. Okay. There was no nudies. He loves Amanda doesn't really know who she is but she does have the worst boyfriend like he is a total sleaze merchant and was no he also has like the worst hair and his name is hardy jens (laughs) hardy jens is a terrible name and i agree he is a total sleeve and his sleaze sleeve sleaze and his outfits were just awful like i feel like he was wearing the most gigantic blazers but i will say the actor was craig is craig sheffer aka uncle keith from one of my favorite teen shows which is one tree hill so i couldn't hate him completely though i must say his character was the complete opposite of uncle keith and his hair was just it the only word to describe it is high uncle keith (laughs) that was like honestly that's just his name from one tree hill uncle keith I've never watched this show. Well, something I thought was really weird, speaking of his hair, is that it seemed whomever Amanda was with, like her hair would morph into that person's (laughs) style. And it was actually something you pointed out while we were watching, which to be clear, no one's hair is classified as wild hair. It will not earn a star. (laughs) It was bad hair. It's an interesting category, though. I might have to sleep on it. All right. Get back to you. It was weird. Like her hair would just constantly look like her partner's hair. Mm -hmm. Because you'll see that it like transcends into Mm -hmm. Eric Stoltz's hair, which has a weird moment in the last scene at the house. Like it goes through like, like just the continuity is terrible. Like just so bad. Yes. Well, before we get down a rabbit hole with unfortunate locks, I wanted to talk about Keith 
played by Eric Stoltz. Eric and Leia have a Back to the Future connection. I don't know if you know this, uh, but Eric was actually originally cast as Marty McFly. And they shot like a ton of stuff with him. And then I don't know if they just didn't care for it, but he ended up getting replaced by Michael J. And when I went to an event in which Crispin Glover spoke, he talked about, yeah, like they made me do a bunch of stuff like five times because they replaced Eric. So Eric Stoltz was originally cast as Marty McFly. Was anybody else before Michael J. Fox or... No, they they had Eric, they were filming, and then they decided to change, and they went with Michael instead. They needed somebody a little more in- innocent. Possibly. Not that uh, I feel like Eric Stoltz is like the stud around town. I just feel like yeah. Michael J. Fox, nobody else could play that role the way he yeah. does. I will say, you know, to go back to what you were talking about earlier with Eric as Keith, he... In this movie, he's kind of really creepy because he's always like lurking around corners. And, you know, maybe that's why they didn't like him. They're like, oh, you're too creepy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like the whole family was like creepers, though. They're always like spying. Well, at least him and his one sister. Mm -hmm. Well, the dad, too, though. Oh, yeah, the dad checked the bank account. He checked, well, and then he also, like, showed up at the school. Oh, my God, he was at the school. I totally forgot that he was at the school. It was so mortifying. (laughs) What was he doing there? I don't know. And then he he knocked on the door for, like, his daughter's room and was like, hey. (laughs) No. We both, I think we both said that our parents, like, our, our dads never once set foot in any of our schools. Oh, never. My dad never went to a parent teacher conference. Neither did mine. So, that was that was only my mom's role. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, well, due to this like lurking and spying, though, that's how Keith learns that Amanda is thrown into detention for skipping out of school to hang out with Hardy. And when he learns that she's in detention, he's like, oh, well, I'm going to pull the fire alarm so that I can end up in detention with her. And then I don't really know like what he was intending to do. In detention with her like i guess just stare at her more uh, probably because he didn't ever talk to her right so like that i guess he didn't think that through quite yet but either way she ends up getting out of detention because she ends up flirting with the pervy like principal which was really gross that scene made me so uncomfy like she was like caressing his tie and like yeah. saying how much she loved his hair, yet he had no hair. Yeah. Like it was just so creepy. But then it was just like another aspect that kept being drilled home that like with her looks, like she'll get anything she wants. And she doesn't have to do much but like bat her eyelashes, which is a terrible thing to even emulate. Yeah, it, it was unfortunate. And what did you think of her having her own song? I loved it. I absolutely loved it.
it was a highlight for me. You didn't see any problem with her having her own song. I mean, it, how could I have any problem? It was like it added to, for me, a bodacious soundtrack. You actually, at first, I thought they were saying Samantha Jones in the one song. I think the first Amanda Jones song that came out, and I was like, Samantha Jones. I was like, why are they singing about somebody that's not her? Who's Samantha? Who knows? Like, I was like really confused. I was like, do I not know her name? But I really, I enjoyed it. Did you, I, I, I liked that there were several versions. Well, I didn't realize until after I watched the film that apparently it's a song that was originally performed by the Rolling Stones. And all three characters within the movie of some kind of wonderful have like a connection to the Rolling Stones, like Amanda, obviously the song. And then Mary Stuart Masterson, her character's name is Watts. And apparently that was the drummer. And then you have Keith, obviously Keith Richards. Like I, I didn't put that together, but I also am not, I don't know a lot about the Rolling Stones. Yeah. I'm definitely not like a know-it-all when it comes to the Rolling Stones. I did know that it was um, a Rolling Stones song after because I did look it up and listen and I listened to it. I won't lie. Um, but that's a pretty interesting fact that like, yeah. I guess John Hughes incorporated into the characters. I feel, I feel like you're building a soundtrack of your own. Like now you have Skate Town and you have I mean, Amanda Jones. <laughs> they're all going to go into Slumberkin's playlist. Yeah. Wait, everyone stay tuned. I'll drop that playlist soon. Good. <laughs> Uh, so I wonder, though, if Keith Richards ever watched this movie. I was thinking about that because I wonder what he would have thought of Stoltz's performance, because there's a lot of like dorky moments. And especially when Keith asks Amanda out for a date at the mall, like he shakes her hand <laughs> after, which is really bizarre. Okay, so let's talk. Keith Richards definitely has not watched this. I don't think he did much viewing of any movies in a while, other than maybe one of the Pirates movies that he was in. Oh, yeah, because he I was just, in a Pirates. He sure was. He sure wow. was. But I just can't imagine him, like, sitting down to, like, watch a movie without falling asleep. Yeah. That's just what I think. I'm not going to lie. So remember when I texted you and I was like, are they at a mall? Yes. And – you were basically like, yes, they're at a mall. Like you weren't like, I don't know if you were just like, shut up, Katie. But this was the first time we had a star for a mall. And I'm not going to lie. I've been waiting forever for this moment. Yeah. Honestly, like I feel like with the movies we've already watched, like this already would have happened. Yeah. Especially like The Favor. I feel like there would have been a mall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hanging out at Point Break, like at a mall. Like I just feel like there would yeah. there should have been a couple – Point Break should have had a mall. Yeah, that was all about the sand and the surf, man. Yeah. But anyway, back to Keith, because he honestly is a Dorcasaurus Rex. That is the only term I could say about him. Yeah. Like, he shook her hand. It was it was cringy. It was weird. And like, she was basically like, get away from me. Yeah. Like, remember how, like, ugh, just not into it she was? She was just trying to make Hardy jealous. Yeah, well, and there was a lot of this messaging throughout the film where it's like she was property, Mm -hmm. which I didn't like. No, not at all. Yeah. 
it was also really fun though like so when keith you know he gets the date and then it cuts to like kind of immediately after that mall scene like he's back at the family dinner table and i love when his sister calls him a human tater tot (laughs) i wrote that down i I must have missed that that's so good But she also describes Amanda to like the rest of the family because they obviously don't know her. But she's like, this girl is sex. This is not true. It can't be. This has got to be like the most hilarious rumor ever floated, right? What are you talking about? Okay. I'm in town last night. I hear everybody talking about how Keith has asked this girl out. No way. Check it out. This girl is popular. She's beautiful. And obviously in the middle of some emotional shootout to consent to date the human tater tot. What did you do to her, Keith? Threaten her life? I just asked her out. Her boyfriend's a man, for Christ's sake. Hey, 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 hey. He's extensively easy on the eyes. He's a total buck. And you're... You're... Keith. Is she nice? Mother, the girl is sex. God's sakes, I'm eating. I honestly could not imagine saying that at the dinner table to like your parents and your siblings around. I would be mortified. No, I would never have said that. We also like didn't have these conversations at the dinner table either. They were very like blanket. Like they were just, we didn't talk about crushes or (laughs) anything like that. I I honestly, and maybe this will say a lot about my upbringing, but we rarely had a family dinner. Like, I honestly remember a handful of times where the four of us sat down and ate together. My brother and I mostly ate with my mom Mm -hmm. regularly, but my dad, because he worked night shift, family dinner just rarely happened. And when we talked to my mom, I mean, we definitely did not have conversations like that. They would just be, I don't know, how red would the faces be at the table for anybody to use those words in front of their parents? Yeah, I mean, and also, too, like, there would be a lot of, at the dinner table, just my brother and I bickering. Yeah. Mostly is what happened. But, yeah, if something like that came up, yeah, embarrassment. (laughs) Just would have been weird. But, yeah, the sister, though, she just, like, lets loose. Like, constantly throughout the film, I feel. It's true. So I also wanted to mention here, too, he does have, Keith has two sisters. He is the oldest, and then you have the one that's constantly lurking. She's the middle child. And then you have a younger sister who's played by Candace Cameron Bure. And I didn't realize this, but apparently it was her film debut. Oh, I did like, though, that she was introduced in the film. Like, you see her playing with Garbage Pail Kids trading cards. I had a couple of those, definitely, at that age. Did you have any? Yep. I wish I still had them. Well, I know somebody. Clank. That can can get you some. (laughs) Clank. He probably has a whole box. Oh, he definitely has to. I remember I had – there were stickers, and I – put the stickers on my parents like refrigerator like peeled them off and slapped them to the refrigerator my parents were probably like what the hell do you think you're doing yeah i i kind of feel like there was definitely a phase where my brother and i 
were into stickers and just putting them on random things. Yeah, I mean, apparently your parents don't like that. Well, especially when I would put them, like, right on, like, where everyone can see them. But you shouldn't, yeah, maybe maybe keep a sticker to your sticker collection. Well, the other thing is my brother and I, because we're very close in age, we're basically, like, a year apart. So often, like, people thought we were twins. And we were, like, a babysitter's nightmare. <laughs> the one time when my parents went out, I don't remember where they were. Probably my dad was working and my mom had something. But my brother and I sharpied like the whole counter. <gasps> oh, my goodness. You tagged your kitchen. A, yeah, my mom was really mad. I remember. I don't even know how you get Sharpie out. She got it out. I mean, I mean, moms know just, how to do everything. She probably just bleached it. Probably. But she was not pleased. Oh, my God. And the babysitter, I think, just was like, I don't care what you do. Yeah, like I'm still gonna get paid regardless. Yeah. <laughs> as long so, as you as long as you don't die by the end of the night. So yeah, like kind of when I think of garbage pail kids, I'm like, yep, that was my brother and me. <laughs> just a couple just... of kids from the garbage. <laughs> oh, that's so good. So <laughs> you know, we learn from his sister, Laura, who was mall lurking, that essentially Keith set up this date with Amanda, but then we find out from her lurking that, you know what, it's not really real. Like, they have a whole plan set up. They want to lure Keith to, like, this house party, and then Hardy's going to, like, beat him up. She tries telling Keith that. I don't know. The whole thing was a bit weird. I actually... <laughs> feel like I didn't expect her to tell Keith the story. I because I they had such like a hate hate relationship with each other. So I found that to be endearing. Like, oh, siblings do really like look out for each other. I yeah. honestly feel like this movie could have been named something else because this family did a lot of spying. I like that you mentioned that about the siblings because I feel like that was definitely something. My brother and I would fight a lot, but yeah, you had each other's back. I feel like sometimes for like a plot line in movies, they would just, eh, I'll let him like figure it out himself and right. mm -hmm. like it won't be that bad. And then obviously it like blows up in their faces. But I thought I liked that it took a different approach. Yeah. And, and then there was also too, you had like, even without the sister spying you still had Watts. Like, she was on to these cool kids. And I say cool kids very loosely. Because <laughs> I want to just discuss some of the fashions here. Because I believe you probably agree with me. Like, the radical fashions star was Watts. And Leia's fashions were like a country grandma cowgirl. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. I will say that Watts definitely had the coolest threads here. She was the winner by far. She had a sweet edge. She, I loved the jean shorts and like the length of them. There was a lot that I liked about her. So Leah's character was definitely stuffy. Like her outfits were nothing to drool over. The shoulder pads were the largest things I've ever seen. And she had a brooch on every outfit. 
And then there was that one, I think it was a red blazer and red shorts and they were, the shorts were just so ill-fitting. Yeah. There was a lot of like darts, you know? Yes. Like pleating and darts and bunching. Yeah. Her attire was really unfortunate, whereas Watts's wardrobe I thought was amazing. Like it kind of, for me, like reminded me of like a silent film actor, but like she, as you said, had this kind of like edge to it because she had like these like slacks, she had neat looking hats. And yeah, I mean, she just was really cool. When we were all watching it, you, Ben and I, like we all agreed, like she was a rad lady doing rad things in rad clothes. Yeah. (laughs) We all just liked her. She was likable. And it started, it started with her. Like the movie started with her. Playing drums. Mm -hmm. We were very into it from the, from, we were very into her from the get go. Yeah. She, I mean, even like her accessory of having the drumsticks was just so rad too. Like as her accessory. Also, she had a car. She did have a car that looked like a mini Cooper. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I know it was kind of a beat up car, but like in high school, if you had a car, you were cool. Oh, 100%. There were not many people that had cars. No. But so. I do have to mention the cool leather gloves that she had with the tassels. I really loved those. Yeah. I. It's funny because for a Halloween party, well, I guess this was now like two years ago, I bought a pair of like black velvet gloves. Like, oh, yeah. I wonder why we ever stopped wearing gloves. Yeah. Like, not just for the winter, but like. Yeah. And the more I thought about it, I really liked it because I usually have like a sweaty palm. I wish I, I could cut hair with gloves on. Yeah. With some See? leather gloves. Yeah. Gloves are cool. And I also like if you have to shake a hand, like I don't have to worry about where it's been. Uh-huh. And I can blood. just like sanitize my glove later. Yeah, just throw it in the wash. Yeah, or take a, a sanitized wipe or whatever. One of those Lysol wipes. Right, where it's <laughs> like if your hand touches something bad, like I'm not going to cut it off. I mean, it depends on how bad it is. <laughs> I suppose. I, <laughs> But I do like having my hands. Also note here about Watts, because this was bothersome to me. In almost every film synopsis, like on IMDb and then on Showtime, which is how we watched it, it kept referring to her character as a tomboy. And I was like, why? I just feel like that word should be retired. Like they should have rewrote the synopsis. Like maybe that's what they said, obviously, back in the 80s. But like we are now in 2021. Find another word. Rad lady or something like Something else. Yeah, like badass best friend or like cool drummer lady. <laughs> like I don't even care. But tomboy, like they need to update that too because there. I bet there's a lot of people out there that have never even heard of that word. But then by them using it, it's like, oh, they're introducing mm-hmm. it. That's true. Uh, so that's what I don't like. There is a part where Watts like pours her heart out to Keith while they're, quote, clubbing. <laughs> Which I remember made you laugh. It did. Because she was like, since when do you get to go clubbing on the weeknights or something? I was like, I do like, though, that she was like pointing it out to Keith. Why are you here? But I'm always clubbing. Yeah. Like she was just like, I'm always out at night and you're inside drawing pictures of Amanda Jones. Yeah. 
it did make me anxious when she said to him, I'll bet, I'll bet my hands on it that it's all a joke that Amanda likes you. Because I was like, oh my God, she's going to cut her hands off. <gasps> no. Do you miss me, Keith? Do you miss not being around me? This isn't the third grade anymore. She doesn't love you. It's a joke. It's all a joke. How do you know? I'd bet my hands on it. You don't want to make that bet. Yeah, I do. I've been thinking a lot lately about you and me. And I came to a conclusion that I didn't want to deal with. But now that we talked, I can't hide it anymore. I think we'd get along much better if we didn't spend so much time together anymore. Why? Because I'm driving you crazy, and you're driving me crazy. And I'd rather not see you and have you think good things about me than have you see me and hate me. Because I can't afford to have you hate me, Keith. The only things I care about in this goddamn life are me and my drums and you. Adios. Wait, Watts. Watts. Not another, not another hand cutting. I mean, but she, she definitely was like on to these, you know, kids that they were up to something. And I mean, I'm not going to lie when she was like laying her heart out to Keith. Like I honestly had some like trauma flashbacks of like people I crushed on in high school and then like didn't know I even existed. And I felt really bad for her. I know. I felt she was so vulnerable in that moment and like how her eyes like were just filling up with tears. But I was also like so proud of her for like being that brave because I would never be able to do this. Like I had crushes. I had lots of crushes in high school and I never once acted on them because I had pretty low self-esteem, sadly. But like I definitely just like wrapped it up into my little like a little box stuffed it away and never talked about it and never like even acted on it so it is it's like soul crushing to like mm-hmm. i don't know to be a teenage girl and have those feelings yeah and then she ends up freaking volunteering to drive keith and amanda jones around on their date <laughs> like i don't even understand how she did that but she did have a really cool chauffeur's outfit Yes, that outfit was the best. And I really hope that he paid for it considering she was doing him like a really big favor and he tapped into like his entire college savings for this date. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I just assumed he paid for it. Okay, good. We're on the same page. Yeah. (laughs) But that restaurant he took Amanda to was very no. Oh, that restaurant was so stuffy. That's the only way to describe it. It made me so anxious and I felt very poor. Yeah, and I really don't even understand it, what type of restaurant it was, because they, like, started out with caviar, but then when it, like, cut back, it's like, oh, she has a cheeseburger. I th- I mean, there was definitely a part in the movie where she couldn't read, like, she didn't, she was like, I'm not, I don't go to fancy places like this. The only thing I could read on here is cheeseburger. So I think, like, as a joke, mm. they just eat cheeseburgers, but you're, they're, like, you're right, like, it was so fancy. Why do they even have cheeseburgers on the menu? Yeah, it just, no. (laughs) 
But I did like, though, while they were in the restaurant, like, Watts was just in, like, some back alley playing craps with, like, a bunch of the employees. Yes, I loved that. Especially because that would be something I'd rather be doing Mm -hmm. than pretending to enjoy caviar or, like, some other kind of weird, gross delicacy. Right. Yeah. He then, after the restaurant, they end up going to an art museum. Which, I'll be honest, when they're in this art museum, like, I lost the (laughs) laughter. I, like, could not contain it. So the fact that they pull up to this, like, art museum and then his detention buddy, the punk, was, like, his father worked security and, like, let him into this. Obviously, it's closed. It's after hours. He leads her around this empty museum to surprise her and... Literally, she's just there's this picture on the wall, and they just keep getting closer and closer and closer to it. And she's standing in the picture that he painted of her. She is standing awkwardly, like next to a door, kind of like like hanging on it, and she's staring like deep into our souls. And Brian definitely like looked up from whatever he was doing at this moment, and he was like, "She looks like the elder version from Back to the Future here." <laughs> Yeah, it looked, the portrait was not good. I mean, it was bad. But like, what would you do if someone painted a portrait of you? Like, what if Brian painted you and presented it? (laughs) So if Brian painted a picture of me, because I just thought about this, if Brian painted a picture of me, I'd probably just be like a SpongeBob SquarePants shape. Because I don't think Brian knows how to draw very well. But I honestly feel like it would be so awkward if some if anybody did it in general. I, like if I anybody took if anybody painted a picture of you and like, like took you to a museum, like how would you react? I would be extremely embarrassed. Like, why did you paint that? It should be destroyed. I think I would fake a stomach illness and like be like, you have to take me home. <laughs> I don't feel good. <laughs> I don't feel well. I looked at that and I'm just <laughs> I'm gonna bomb. <laughs> I don't know. It it's just a very awkward predicament and especially on a first date. No. It's too much. Yeah. Also, I really didn't like that he took her to like his favorite place to show off something that he did. To me, it was just like, well, look how talented I am. She and I was- still know nothing about you. Yeah, she was ill-prepared. Like, she didn't know he was presenting her with gifts. <laughs> but here's the thing. You know, again, I love Leia, but her mo- like her character in this movie is very lame. And Keith, like, there were so many times I wanted to kick him in the butt. You know, here he has Watts, his best friend she's totally rad he keeps ignoring her he's drawing portraits of amanda in her cowboy boots (laughs) and then he ends up spending all of his savings to buy her like these sparkly diamond earrings and when he gives them to her and says you look good wearing my future i wanted to puke like like i was just like and then her hair morphs into his yes This was like the scene where it started to turn into his Mm -hmm. because she was turning into his future. But uh, yeah, like during all this, as like Watts was watching them, I just kept thinking, oh, my God, run. You are too good for this turd. Like you could have anyone. You're rad. 
you're pretty, you play the drums, you're smart, you know how to fix cars. Like, ugh. So I just feel like, to me, Leah and Eric's characters were just so lame and very and kind of materialistic. Mm-hmm. Like, let me just give you an abundance of gifts and then you'll love me. Like, yeah. ugh, I hated it. I did, in the end, like how the movie wrapped up because, like, the punks, they end up going to Hardy's house party, but the punk kids crash it, blowing up the plan that Hardy had to beat up Keith, which was really great. And then, especially when the one punk, who plays, I would say, a problematic character, because he says a lot of ignorant things, but it is a John Hughes script, so, like, that happens, He says to Hardy, this party is about to become a historical fact. (laughs) I liked that. It was good. I feel like that was great. But then the reason that this all happened was because Watts was like, we're going to need these guys in there because he's going to get his ass kicked. And she saved the day. Again, he doesn't deserve her. (laughs) No, he definitely doesn't. It was a good ending, though. It was. And I do like that inevitably Watts got what she wanted. Right. Even though it wasn't what I wanted for her. Right. But she She got what she wanted. Yes. And she is a teen. You're right. I think it's time to bust out the diary. I have my clicky pen ready. Great. (laughs) Tony the Tiger. (laughs) Oh, my God. Dear Diary, Some Kind of Wonderful has earned a total of five stars for Babeler, Rebel Girl, Mall, Radical Fashions, and Bodacious Soundtrack. Despite Leia Thompson not being the true star of this flick, we are glad it was her that got us to watch it, and we will now find a space on our coveted Slumber Party Watch shelf. We're really packing it in now. I'm excited. I will say I probably won't rewatch this flick anytime soon, but it will definitely be... Good for a slumber party. Oh, definitely. I completely agree. I don't think I'll watch it anytime soon, but I could see on like a hangover day. <laughs> <laughs> like a lump of crap day, just sitting yeah, there. I might, mm-hmm, I might yeah. pop it in. Yeah. I- Thanks for coming to our slumber party, and we hope you had a blast. On our next episode, we will hit the airwaves in August, and we'll feature heartthrob Colin Farrell. And we decided the first flick is going to be Phone Booth, because we both have been wanting to check out this movie forever. And yeah, I don't even know why we want to watch this. I've seen it, though. Have you not seen it? I've never seen it. (gasps) Even better. I love when I've seen something and you haven't seen it because that's rare. Well, I haven't seen it and I have. I mean, it's been a long time. You have a copy? I have a copy because I I remember picking it up at a thrift store at one point and then you were like, oh, we have to watch it together. And so it got filed (laughs) down in the basement library, which is fine. I mean, I have a lot of stuff I got to watch. That's true. I'm excited. But the second flick, we are going to leave up to the Slumberkins again. So we're going to run a poll again. And I usually do like obviously the little bracket thing where you choose between two and then you choose between those finalists. What we have on deck is Fright Night, Miami Vice, Dumbo, and Home at the End of the World. And make sure you're following us on the show, Schmeads, specifically Twitter, because that's where we do our polls at Dear BFF Pod. And on Instagram at bestfriendsforever.pod for some cool content. Oh, my God. 
If Dumbo wins, I will find the people that vote for that. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I hate Dumbo. Like the cartoon, I I have such traumatic memories. Of Honestly, that. it's so sad. Like that, the movie is so sad. It makes me cry. Even like just thinking about it, like I just got sad. So yeah. I really don't want to watch that. So hopefully they pick... I, I like Miami Vice or Fright Night. I've never seen Miami Vice, but I, would, I, yeah. I think it'd be funny for us to watch. Yeah, I've never seen Miami Vice either. Fright Night I've seen and I really enjoy. Yes, I like Fright Night. So I would happily watch that again. But if somebody picks Dumbo, I will hurt you. <laughs> you will be fought. So until the next slumber party, remember you can email us at dearbffpod at gmail.com. And to join our fan club, you can send us a letter with your name, address, and birthday to attention movie John, P.O. Box 20172, Philadelphia, PA 19145. And as we approach spooky season, which is quickly coming katie and i have a lot of fantastic things in store for the show so if there is a slasher or a spooky flick that you treasure we want to know about it and tell us about your halloween heartthrobs and you had a really good name for them too oh no now i forget was it i think i just said hunky horror <laughs> hunky horror <laughs> yes that was it tell us about your hunky horror <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and if you do drop us a line, we will write back and we will send some goodies, compliments of our fan club president, Mr. Clink, who has gifted us some vintage trading cards, which I have a pack to open this time. I thought I heard a little like crinkling in the back. So does it feel I'm... does it feel like there's gum in there? No, the gum was clearly taken out because what? this pack oh was wait. Like... There's gum. No. no! <laughs> I'm not eating it. You have to bite it. No. Come on. You can spit it out. This you just have is, to bite it. So wait, this is a pack oh my God. of Gremlins 2, <laughs> the new batch. And let me just see here the copyright. The copyright is 1990. <laughs> like, I am not eating this. Gum. Just take, just like at least snap it. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yes. <laughs> broke a tooth no i just like tried to put a piece in and it's like <laughs> mush i am not <laughs> let me go on with the cards here so have you oh, i'm so gremlins? excited you finally got the gum though have you seen um, gremlins that's when they're in new york right yes yes i have seen it so i have a picture of gizmo and it's yes. gizmo marla's hero i don't remember marla um, I don't either. Oh, he's like poking out of like the ceiling tile in the office. Ooh. Then I have <laughs> this lady. Oh, it's when they, because remember the office, it's like a TV studio. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she, it says confronting the little squirt and it's a lady <laughs> like with a cooking show and she's like spraying oil on one of the gremlins. Oh, man. Then I have Gremlins Revenge, and it's just them two, like, cackling, like two gremlins. I like it. Yes. Executive Snoop 
Forster. It's like an executive of sorts sitting. Like a suit. Yeah. But he's like behind like a huge like computer mainframe. Oh. Yeah. Then I have the gremlins are back. And it's just like a gremlin flexing his muscles. Oh. Getting his swole. Yeah. Or getting swole. I don't know. And then I have she's oh she's no dummy it's a woman that in the first picture because it has like two pictures uh-huh first picture she looks like a mannequin and a gremlin's like sitting on her <laughs> and then the second picture is her screaming oh she must have been remember in department stores like where they used to have like people model things yeah and they were actual people yes Mm-hmm. Oh my I god, I love that. I can't wait to you have to share these ASAP. This one you're going to love. Oh my god. It says Gremlin Stew. <laughs> and it's a gremlin like in a soup pot, like covered <gasps> in soup. Oh my gosh. Yeah, oh and on the back gosh. on the back it says the gremlins eagerly invade microwave Marge's kitchen set. <gasps> Popping out of pots and other inviting places. And showing up in soups. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, my God. And then there is, of course, one of those, like, puzzle pieces. Yeah. Gremlins 2 is a weird film. I like it. I like it, too. I actually feel like I might, like, may have seen Gremlins 2 more than the original Gremlins. I definitely think I've seen the second one more than the first one. And it's fun. It's yeah. a lot of fun. I don't know why they haven't made more. I know. Also, they probably wouldn't be as cool now. Now they'd be like really dumb CGI. Just like, I'm going to mention it again. Big Clifford. Oh, God. I did, I did put the gum in my mouth, but I'm not chewing that. So, Oh, uh, is there a weird taste in your mouth? It's just, it's, it's very weird. <laughs> so I... I 30, 31 years of, of age. Yeah. So no thank Some you. old gum. But that does conclude today's program. And make sure that you are following us wherever you catch pods. If you're on Apple Pods, you can rate and review the show. And we will read your comment on air like this one, which I suspect is your husband. The original B. Brown. None other. He said, normally when you listen to a first episode of any podcast, you can tell right away. These two sound like they've done a thousand episodes, not just one. It's obvious Katie and Rosalie are BFFs. I'm officially a slumberkin. Thank you, Ryan. That was rad. That was nice of you to say, husband. And shout out to Movie John's Ashley Jane Davis for our radical tunes and Hollywood Hunk, Hugo Marmuji for our NFT logo. And Best Friends Forever is part of the Movie John Podcast Network. And we thank you for listening. Please enjoy a short advert from our unofficial official sponsor, Nickelodeon's GAC. Oh man, I remember GAC. Me too. My brother and I actually smeared it into our parents' carpet. Oh my god, you guys were little garbage pail kids. <laughs> I know. Oh my god. Well, <laughs> on that note, TTYL. Laters. What is Gak? Gak is great stuff. Oozy. Gak <laughs> <laughs> is dizzy. You can pull it. Make Gak sounds. 
How rude. Suck it up and squirt it out with a gag back. Pump it up and blow it up with a gag inflator. Well, I never. Nickelodeon gag comes in different colors, sizes, and play sets. Each sold separately. Coming soon from Mattel. Disgusting.